sound and there was sound. Praise God. Well, I don't know if you've had a good good month. I believe God's not done with this here, guys. Many of you have been fasting and praying and seeking God in these areas of your life. We've had great testimonies, great manifestations of things. Even last Sunday, if you were here, God, God's a moving God. He's still blessing and still heals and delivers. If you've had something significant, just be sure and write on your uh, Connect card. We'd like to know what God's done and He's going to continue to do. Listen, don't quit, okay? God is still moving here. He's not done, I don't believe. And so we're going to add to it just a little bit more today. I believe the scriptures are going to come alive, and, and this is going to be relevant. This is going to be relevant for you, okay? So take some notes. Mark your Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, it tells specifically how Father God formed the world. And if you'll note in there, it said, and God said. And God said. Now, God didn't wave, wave a magic wand. God didn't pound his fist. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So in that passage, I believe the Lord was showing us not only the power of his words, but I believe he was teaching me to understand the power of his words when we speak them. When I speak the word of God out of my mouth. In, in Genesis 1, it says that we're created in the likeness, the image of God. So here we are. Proverbs 18, verse number 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from what? The fruit of his mouth. And from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Now this is B-I-B-L-E, guys. We've got to understand he's talking about the significance that comes from the words out of my mouth and out of the words of your mouth. How many of you remember this statement before? You're going to eat those words. You're going to eat your words. We all probably remember saying that or hearing that. Well, there's reality to that. There's truth to that. Put it in light to this right here, this verse, and you see that. Now, a great verse for you to mark in your Bible right here is Proverbs 18, 21. And it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of my tongue, of your tongue. So you got to understand this, guys. Every time I'm speaking, I'm either releasing death or I'm releasing life. The message says it this way. It says that words kill and words give life. Words are either poison or they are fruit. You choose. Now just what he said here, guys, I have to seriously consider this i got to get this in my heart and really, really begin to understand what he's trying to tell me here. Go back a couple pages to Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. See, my mouth gives expression to what I think, what I want, and what I feel. So your mouth and my mouth is a, a, a great revealer. It's a great locator of my life. You ever want to uh, locate where you're at in life? Just listen to what you're saying. Just listen to what you say. Proverbs 8, verse 4. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. Now, this, this is the Father God. His voice is to us. And he goes ahead and says in verse 5, O you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. 
Now, when I read this here, I believe the Lord is trying to tell me and you one of the keys to living life well. And every one of us, whether we're simple or we're fools, we're obligated to hear the word of God. The, the thing that, that separates the simple from a fool is a fool hears the word of God. He just doesn't do anything with it. He just doesn't act on it. Now, I've been there, guys, where I've read the scriptures, I've heard the word of God, and you can have the Bible learned from Genesis to Revelations, but if you're just hearing the word, it's not going to benefit you, okay? It specifically says it's the doers of the word. And so right here, he's trying to tell us, listen, I can't just hear the word. I begin to act on it. Verse 6. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, worthy things. And from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. You know what truth is? The word of God. John eight thirty two says, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So any time that my mouth gets in line with the word of God, I am releasing truth out of my life. He is telling us once again here how to live life well. He goes on to say in, in verse 7, For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. There is nothing crooked or perverse is in them. I believe he's telling us here, guys, you're going to have to learn to discipline your tongues. You're going to have to pay close attention to the words that come out of your mouth. Now, let's go back to Isaiah 59. This has been our main text for about a month. And we've been talking about the fast and talking about it. As you're turning there, you know people who say they can and people who say they can't, they're both right. They're both right. If you are always saying out of your mouth, I can't ever do that, I can't, I can't, you won't. But when I begin to say I can, and my can isn't just based out of my abilities. I can sit here and tell you I can do this and I can do that, but I'm missing the point. The point is this, uh, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Now, I'm just not talking to you about the power of positive speaking. I'm talking about when you begin to say, I can be a good husband through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I can be a good father who, through Christ Jesus. I can be a man of God through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. See, I can't do anything out of my own abilities, guys. Every time I try to do things because of how great I am, I fail. You fail. And so Philippians 4.13, he gives me permission and says, you can through Christ Jesus. You can do well in school through Christ Jesus. Now let me give you a little scenario here today. A lot of times when Monday morning comes around, many of us, we start our Monday in our week and we'll say stuff like this. I hate Monday mornings. Mondays are the worst day of my week. I dread Mondays. Well, guess what that ultimately becomes? That ultimately becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And when you get home that night, you know what you usually say? This was the worst day of the week. I hate this day. But what would happen tomorrow morning if we got up tomorrow morning and we said, 
This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And then we got over and said in Psalms 23, said, Surely His goodness and His mercy will follow me all the days of my life, even on a Monday. And I thank you, Father God, for strengthening me. To, as you can just sense right there. There's a little bit of difference with the first one to the second one. Both, however, are self-fulfilling prophecies. That you begin to pay close attention to what you're saying. Now, where's all this coming from, Pastor? We've been talking about the fast. Well, we've learned some things through the fast. Number one, that God wants us to deal with sin issues. That's Isaiah 59, verse 1. He wants us to deal with speaking junk, strife, judgmental, critical. That's Isaiah 59, 4 and verse 9. And then in Isaiah 59, 7, he got over on us being selfish. That he wanted to cut that off. But there's one more little area that I want to add to this week. Back to Isaiah 59, verse 9. Or back, excuse me, Isaiah 58, verse 9. It says, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and the speaking wickedness. I'm going to get over on the speaking wickedness. One translation says false, harsh, and unjust. If you'll note in there on that verse, right there by speaking wickedness, it's cross-referenced into Psalm 12 verse 2. If you were to go to Psalm 12, verse 2, it would say that you speak idly. Now, I'm going to come back to that word idly here in a few minutes. Let me give you one definition of the word idle. It's careless. Careless words. And in that verse, in the message, it said it's the language of a lie. That you flatter with your lips, but you speak with a double heart. Or a double mind. Now in Matthew or in James chapter 5 it says, The double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So when you begin to look at this, I believe he's wanting us to deal with speaking words that are, are careless or not beneficial. Now when we talk about a fast, it's to crucify our flesh or to do without something. Normally it's about food. But what would happen today if we declared a fast on our words? What do you mean, fast our words? Well, I'm not saying that we are to abstain from speaking. And I said this in the first service, that'd be a miracle for some of us. Or cruel and unusual punishment for others. James 1.19 says, be swift to hear and slow to speak. Something happens. And I'm not talking about abstaining from our words, but I am talking about when we pay very close attention to what I say or what I don't say. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Now let's go back into the New Testament to Matthew chapter 5, and I want to show you some of these things that we need to talk about here today. That I've got to learn to discipline my tongue, and so do you. Where it becomes, I speak life, I speak blessings. I speak the things that line up with the Word of God. Matthew chapter 12. I think this is going to help us. These are Jesus' words. I'm going to begin in, in uh, verse number 33. Matthew 12, 33. 
Help us, Lord, here to be relevant today. Let the scripture come alive. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. So you know what it's telling every one of us? We're going to be known by our fruit. You can have 20 bumper stickers on your car talk about Jesus. You can have the fish emblem. You can have 22 versions of the New Testament. You can wear a cross around your neck. You can highlight your scripture today in yellow, pink, and blue. But none of that is relevant. The thing that happens is you'll be known by your fruit. In other words, your behaviors and your actions. Me too. Verse 34. Brood of vipers. Minds like a snake pit is what the message says. How can you being evil speak good things? How can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so when you look at what he's saying there, is the only way that my heart ever changes is when I give it to Jesus and I begin to get the word of God in me. Now, us as human beings, we're a lot like a computer. You put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. You start putting the things of God in, the word of God, and you keep it, you're going to get God out. And he says right here something that will locate us. Out of the abundance of my heart, whatever's in my heart is going to come out of my mouth. It's going to locate me. Listen to what the message says here. It's, it's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. Now, just for a second here, when we talk about words... In our society right now, our, our words are cheap. Our words are viral. What do you mean? Our, our, our words, guys, they're just thrown around. Just all over the place. Just for an illustration of that, right now, think about all the words that are going through the, the, the atmosphere here through cell phones. Whether it's cell phones, whether it's texting, whether it's email, whether it's blogs, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, words are being thrown all over the place. They're just being flown around, and many of them with no thought. How do you know that? How many of you have ever read somebody's blog or something they wrote on Facebook and you said, what are they thinking? Why would they say that? Why would they speak? You know why they say Because there's no thought. We just speak and we speak and we speak and we speak and we speak. And so here, when I talk about fasting, our words, where we begin to think before we speak. Do you know, on an average day in America, just in uh, Twitter, 15.5 million Twitters every day. So words are just being thrown all over the place. The question is, is that you? Do you just speak without thinking? Every one of us have done that before. Remember what mama used to say? Mama used to say, if you can't say anything nice, don't say nothing at all. There was some truth to that. Now let's go a little farther. Verse 35. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bring forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bring forth evil things. The Amplified says, you're going to fling forth either good or evil. Now, every one of us in here, guys, our words are like a movie screen. They reveal our thoughts and they reveal our hearts. 
That's why you'll be known by your fruit. You'll be known by the words you speak. If I had a, a tomato seed in my hand here this morning, you could all probably see the little speck. And we all understand in, in that arena the process of a seed. I take this tomato seed, I dig in the ground, and I plant it, and I water it, and we all do that with the expectation of we're going to have some big old tomatoes. Now, I can see that happening. I take that seed. But I want you for a moment, think about your words, that your words are seeds also. And this, just because you can't see your words, doesn't mean it's happening. Actually, every time I begin to speak things, I am planting seeds. And you're going to have a harvest on those. Maybe you've heard this before. I've never seen the wind. I've seen the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. It's the same as my words. I've never seen my words, but I've seen the effects of my words. Same with every one of us. Let's go a little further here. He's going to teach us. This is Jesus' words, verse 36. But I say to you, maybe we ought to highlight, I say to you, me and you, that for every idle word, now there it is, for every idle word, non-operative, non-working, or careless word. Now right here with what Jesus said, it shows me the value and power of words. He says, that every word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. In other words, the day of reckoning. Every word. Now we can't place a dollar figure on how much a word is worth, but it must be worth enough that Jesus every day is keeping tabs of what me and you say. And some of you say, well, how does he do that? I guess he uses an angel. And that angel's up there marking, marking, marking what me and you are saying. Better be good in shorthand, hadn't he? Angel hand, where he starts marking. Now, once again, I think Jesus is just trying to make us aware right here of how valuable our words are. In other words, he's saying, don't just assume that your words aren't important. Now, what happens with most of us when we speak words? You know what a lot of times we'll say? I didn't mean it. No, 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 no. That's not going to happen with Jesus. He's going to say, sorry, buddy, you can't plead the fifth on this one. When I say something, I've got to learn that I'm going to be held responsible for what I say, and so are you. So Jesus is telling us here the value of every word. Now, look what he gets into in verse 37. For by your words you will be justified, and your words you will be condemned. Note in there, by your words. By your words you will either be justified. You know what that word justified there means? Declared innocent. By your words, or you'll be condemned, you'll be declared guilty. And so he's trying to tell me, guys, here, my words either are justifying or my words are condemning. And we're not just going to talk about this week, guys. We're going to get on this the next couple of weeks and couple of weeks. My point in telling us this is we've got to get our mouth in agreement with the Word of God. And I want every one of us to say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to start watching the words that proceed out of my mouth. 
Now, to help us a little bit further this morning, go with me to the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. You know, I was ah, about 20, 1920 when I gave my heart to Jesus. In the first few years that I gave my heart to the Jesus, I, I, I'd gotten saved, but I still dabbled in sin. And oh, probably three or four years later, I began to walk with the things of God. But I remember years ago how this teaching right here was abused. It was abused incredibly. And some of you may remember this, that what I'm talking about, how it was abused, was we tried to get God to hook up with our words instead of our words hooking up with God's word. And this was a, a thing that back then I labeled it the name it and claim it. You blab it and grab it. You speak it and God will leak it. And so much of that was abused, like I said. We said things and we wanted God to agree with our words. But you know what the key is, guys? That I got to learn to agree with God's word. Not my words. And it's important that we find out what God says. That's where it'll change you. When I begin to speak the word of God. Let me give you a little bit of an example, just real quick here, briefly. Growing up, guys, I, I had huge issues in my life with a thing called alcohol. If you've come to church here, you've probably heard this over and over. I was dominated by alcohol. But I give my heart to Jesus. And you know what? I began to, to, to hate alcohol. Even though I was still doing it, I was dominant. I hated it. I hated what I saw it was doing to me in, in my life. And so I begin to find scripture that pertain to this. Now, if you're dominated by anything that you don't like, I don't care if it's alcohol, tobacco, pornography, write this scripture down. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. Colossians 1, 12 says that he, being the Lord Jesus, has qualified me to be a partaker of the inheritance in life. So once I've given my heart to Jesus, guys, he's qualified me. Ooh, I'm, I'm under the covenant of God. I'm under the blessings of God. Not because of anything I've done except that I received Jesus. I don't earn this. I just receive it. Verse 13 says this. He delivered me out of the power of darkness. Now listen real close to what I just said. He has delivered me out of the power of darkness. He has. Not when I get to heaven. Right now. He has. And so as I begin to read that, you know what the darkness in my life was? It was a thing called alcohol. And so I begin to just get my mouth in agreement with the Word of God, and I begin to say, I thank you, Father God, that you've delivered me from alcohol. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are taking that desire from me. Now, once again, I was getting my words to hook up with His words. And it happened overnight. Not. Not. And it was a process, guys. That I wrote those three by five cards and I put them all over the place. I'd carry one in my, my back pocket and I would look at it. And through the day, I'd say, thank you, Father God. You've delivered me from the power of darkness. You've set me free. And something started happening on the inside. And it was a process, but I kept doing the word, and I kept doing it. See, you know what a lot of people will say to me? 
I tried that and it didn't work. Well, that's your problem. You don't try the Word of God. You do the Word of God. And you do the Word of God. And you do the Word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing. And you just keep speaking the Word. And you keep standing on it. And you keep believing it. And from the time I started to do that until I was totally free, guys, it was probably three or four years. But you're looking at a guy. Man, I hadn't had alcohol in years of my life. God's no respecter of persons. But once again, i got to get my mouth to line up with the Word of God. See, many times that's our problem. We start saying, it's not working. It's not working. Well, how do you know? Can you see? You don't know what's happening in the spirit realm. It is working. And some of you got to understand this. In Isaiah, he said, the Word of God shall not return void. That it will do precisely what he says it will do. And so i got to understand, as long as I stay hooked up to it, speak the word. The word of God. There's power in the spoken word. Romans 10, verse 9. Now let's start in verse 6. Let me get this in you. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Faith speaks as... How, did, how many of you knew that faith had a voice? It does. Let me tell you something real quick. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, but faith is released in two ways. By my speaking and by my actions. Now, look down in verse 8 and he's going to tell us something here. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. So you know what that tells i got to get the, mouth, the word in my mouth and in my heart. I got to begin to say, remember the power of, and God said. So he tells me a, a secret ingredient here to getting your faith to move is the word of God must be near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. You got to get this, guys. Got to get this on the inside. So he's telling me right here. The basis of faith is I believe with my heart. And I speak with my mouth. Verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. That you confess. Now you know what that word confess there means? You've got to confirm it. You've got to declare it. Okay? That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. And so he's telling me the importance of faith's confession. Now, this pertains on how you get born again. It's appropriated by heart believing and the confession of the mouth. But I believe this, guys. The continuing work of God in every one of our lives is achieved or applied the same way. Now, whatever's going on in your life, you've got to start speaking the word. And you speak the word of God. And guess what will ultimately happen? It will begin to take root in your heart. Just like this. Just keep speaking. Keep speaking. And that root is getting stronger and deeper and deeper. And then all of a sudden. Something begins to happen. Something on the inside. Starts working on the outside. And oh what a change in my life. Stay with the word. Just think about the process of that tomato seed, guys. It didn't happen overnight. 
You don't, after, after two days, you don't get your shovel and go out there and dig it up and say, stupid seed. You don't do that. After a week, you don't see the cotton farmers around here plowing it back up and calling Ken and saying, Ken, it's not working. See, so many times we get in a hurry. Just keep speaking the word. Speak the word of God out of your mouth and watch what God will do. Verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's applied the same way in every area of my life. Now, as devastating as your words have been and as devastating as your words can be, I believe they can be offset when you begin to get your tongue in line with the Word of God. In any area of your life, begin to speak the things of God over your marriage. Begin to speak the things of God over your children. Begin to speak the things. And the important thing is, guys, i got to find what the Word of God says. And some of you are saying, that's just Christian science. Wrong it's Christian sense. Over and over, you'll see what Jesus said about our words. And this is what we're going to learn in the upcoming weeks. I've got to get the word in my mouth. I've got to get the word in my mouth and start speaking it. Now, let me give you one more little illustration. And I just give you a history of my own life. This isn't something, guys, I don't do. I don't preach what I don't do. Okay? I've found victory in these things, and I understand it's applying the word of God. It's not, guys, that I get dressed in a phone booth. I'm no superhero. I got weaknesses. I got flesh just like everyone. But I found out over the years of my life, i got to speak the word. Now, as a young boy, I remember as a little bitty guy, I had problems with sleepwalking. Little bitty, young, young. And I didn't sleep well. Man, I remember waking up. My grandma had wooden stairs and going down them, waking up and blood on me. But as I grew older, it progressively got worse, and it got worse, and it got worse. And so even when I married, I got a horrible time with this thing called sleepwalking. I mean, bizarre stuff, because I could tell you story after story. I don't care how many deadbolts there were on my locks. I could get out. I get out, I go everywhere. I crawl down a balcony, a two-story apartment one time, and I realize I wake up, and guess what? I'm locked out, and I'm thinking, how'd they get out here? Numerous time, numerous time. Now, when you start getting a little older, it's not good. You know why? You're walking around the neighborhood in your whitey tidies, and they think, that dude needs to be locked up. This is real. I'll tell you, this was real. I remember one night I was walking out, and I'm in my 20s. And I wake up, and I'd caught my foot on a sprinkler head, and it ripped me open. God, I mean, blood was everywhere. So I get back in the house, and I was so embarrassed about it. I didn't want, walking in your sleep, and you're 24 years old, what's up? So, man, I got stuff out, and I cleaned it up as good as I could, and Shelly saw the blood the next morning. And so what happened, guys? I'm born again. John 10.10 10 says that Jesus came to give me life and that more abundantly. That wasn't abundant life. That was horrible. So what would you do, Pastor? I started referencing the scripture to find out what God said about sleep. You know what he said? Psalms 127.2, he said, I give my beloved sweet sleep. Well, you know who his beloved is? That's me. 
That's you if you're born again. I'm his beloved. And so I read that. And he said, I give my beloved sweet sleep. I said, you got to give me more scripture. Psalm 4 and 8 says the same thing. Proverbs 3.24 says the same thing. You say, you can rattle those scriptures. I can rattle those. You know why? Because it was inside me. I begin to speak this, and before I'd go to bed at night, I'd lay hands on my pillow. I'd lay hands on me, and I'd say, listen, buddy, tonight when you go to sleep, you're going to sleep sweet. It's going to be wonderful. And it happened immediately. Not. Not. But I read what the Bible said. And the Bible said that God doesn't lie. That God's words never changes. It's forever settled in heaven. And so I said, man, that's me. So you know what I did? I just kept speaking it. I thank you. I got sweet sleep. He gives me sweet sleep. Sweet sleep. Here's another one. If you go to work, Ecclesiastes 5.12 says, the man who labors will have sweet sleep. There's your good one. When you go to bed tomorrow, it's, I went to work hard, Father God. You're going to give me. That's a promise. Of the, so guess what happens? My mouth starts getting in line with the word of God. And I start speaking it. Gosh, I sleep like a baby now, guys. I'm in my 50s, and I speak that. When I start walking toward my bed at night, I start looking at it, I say, when you lay down tonight, your sleep is going to be sweet and peaceful. And, and my wife can attest to this, guys. I can lay down, and I can be asleep in 30 seconds. I get my little head still, and boom, boom, out go the lights. It's over. But it's not because, it's just once again that these are areas in my life where I had issues. Why do you have issues? But are you willing to dig and find what the Word of God says and then start applying it? I'm telling you right now, guys, if your kids are having cruddy sleep at night, begin to speak this over them, number one. And number two, quit letting them watch those movies that scare, scare the H-E double toothpick out of them. Don't let them watch that junk, Okay? Some of you let them watch the stupidest stuff in the world and all it's doing is feeding fear on them. Got to get where you begin to speak those things. Speak the word of God over your home. Speak the word of God. But I find scripture that pertains. Stand up with me here today. I better quit.